0: Welcome to Coffee with Casey, where we take half hour out of our week, look over the market conditions, find out whether it's going up or down, are the good time's over, are they still rolling on? Um, today, we're going to talk about some winning pricing strategies, and you know the difference between having a good strategy and a bad strategy, um, and I, I'm going to prove it here, is, is worth about 7% of the value you're going to get when you sell your house. Um, and... Strategy is extremely important if you're a buyer trying to buy in this market. So we're going to talk about that as well. Okay. So the first thing we always do is we go to the market update. So with that, let me share my screen. Let's get to the, let's go to the, as they would say, as Warner Wolf would say, let's go to the videotape. Let me let me take you for a ride here on, on how the market's doing currently. Okay. And then we'll get into the pricing strategies. So um, this is the contracts for August one through August 15. The contracts written dictate what the market is doing how many people are buying houses so if we look back here in 2015 it was 555 houses during this period that went under contract you can see it got all the way up to 761 last year because we were making up for a bad spring and this year we're at about 730 right so has the market gone down no because the average of these five years is 600. So we're still 20% higher than we were on a five-year average. Forget about this, this is called an anomaly, okay? So there's your five-year average. There's where we are this year, 20% up. So so let's look, this is a year-to-date contracts. Contracts are written year-to-date. So if we look in here, you can see there's a lot of, let's call it you know 2,600 is the average. We're at 3,153, so for the year, we're up about 20%. So I think that it's it's pretty consistent that we're up 20% for the year. It is not slowing down. It is still out there going. We still had 45 contracts or 45 showings on one listing. Contracts are still coming in 100, 150,000 over list price. Um, for the good houses, they're going. Buyers are getting a little pickier. They're gonna pay premium prices then they're gonna go ahead and uh, uh, want a really, really nice house, good schools, updated. Um, so you need to prepare the house. So so where are we in the market? Still high, still flying high, okay? Still getting that those big dollars. Here's why. So this is when we look at a house, like I just got a call and we're gonna to go to Arlington and list a house. Well, the first thing I need to know is if we're in the $1.2 million price range, how many houses are under contract and how many are active? In other words, how does the market look? What's the inventory look like? Well, this is what it looks like in a place like Vienna. So here we're looking at the blue is 700 to $1 million and 67% was under contract. Well, that's a strong seller's market. And then as you see, the next one is 1 million to 1.3. It's gone down to 62%, okay. And then the bigger houses, the 1.3 pluses, then they were down um, in June to 47%, which is just barely a seller's market, pretty neutral market. Well, look at what happened by July 1, 30 days later. Now, most of the houses are under contract in all three categories. Look at today, in August of 2021, 60% of the homes are under contract in that $1.3 million price range. So what is this telling us? It's telling us that people that are looking for larger homes are coming out and they're they're moving out. So, you know, if we've got a 1.5 or a 1.6 and we're looking at this, are we really conservative? Do we get a little bit more aggressive? The answer is yes, we can get a little bit more aggressive when 60% of the homes over 1.3 million are under contract so before we do anything when we do our pricing i need to know we need to know and and there are hundreds hundreds of markets out there so let's take this market we're looking at today arlington 1.2 in within a half mile within a half mile of arlington around 1.2 million what does that market look like analyze it come up with a price and go from there so so this is what you look at as far as the general market is concerned, as far as this market, Vienna. I'm looking at it going 1.3, we are 60% on the contract. This is also important if you're going out to buy. If I'm a buyer, do I have leverage or do I not have leverage? Well, in this case, the seller has the leverage. At 1.1 1. Uh, 1 million to 1.3, they still have the leverage, but not as much. So. You need to know what percentage of homes are active on the market. Then what you do, whittle them down. This one stinks, this one's ugly, this one's overpriced and you get down to the core, which may be, you know, if we put this on the market for the right price, we're getting five contracts, okay? So that's kind of what you're thinking as you do this, all right? So these are important stats that let us know what the market's doing. Now I had an opportunity today or yesterday where somebody's looking at a 30 30 acre ranch, okay? And it's got horses and horse stables and things like that. The number one thing we need to do when talking about pricing strategy is establish value, okay? Establish value. So there are no comps really in that price range at that thing with 30, with those acres. So it's very difficult to get comps at that. So what you can look at is what is the appreciation rate for this size, this type of property over the last 10, 15 years. So the home we were looking at yesterday, okay? And I'm pricing it for a buyer. Now they bought it for 900. They're looking at 1.399. Sounds pretty crazy, doesn't it? Well, what does a 3000 square foot house, what did it sell for back when they bought it in 2018 versus today? Well, if homes have appreciated 30%, they're not far off, right? The property should come in at about 125, 128. So when we're going into the seller, the seller wants 1.39. It's worth 1.25, 1.28. So we need to prove that to the seller. We can't just walk in and say, we're going to offer $140,000 less than less price, right? We need to prove that that house really is not worth. So the question you come in at is, if the rest of the market appreciated 35%, what makes you think you appreciated 50% or 45%? So so this is part of the negotiating strategy, the pricing strategy, when we're either listing a house or we're going in as a buyer. When you're a buyer, we're looking for overpriced homes and we're gonna validate the prices lower, right? We'll be all alone. Everybody else taking a pass. When I'm a seller, I want to evaluate the value and dip it right under that. So I get massive amounts of contracts and they bid it up to the big number. Okay. So let's look at this. This is the appreciation rate for Fairfax County. Now I took average homes, 3,000 to 4,000 square feet. This is their price per square foot in 2015. This is their price per square foot in 2020. So if you look at the numbers, which I do, I download the spreadsheet. I calculate that since 2019 right in here right they've appreciated 13 percent if you look at 2015 if they bought their house back here i can say your house was probably worth 24 percent more than you bought it for now again let me just stop you need to do this by zip code by price range by size by everything I can arrive at what a house should what the appreciation rate is for that house for those 200 markets out there all by using the tools we have. So, this is just one way of establishing value. So, let's take a look at where Prince George's County or Loudoun County is. So, Loudoun County in the last 3 years has appreciated 24%. 35 since 2015. Why is that? Look at the spike, right? The spike is coming based on everybody working at home pandemic people can work uh, move farther out they still have the same conveniences of working from home and they can afford more house so you have a person here that sells a house for two million dollars is going out to midland or percyville or uh, Lovettsville, and they're willing to pay a little bit more of a premium for that house right because they can work from home So, so Their mentality is they're bringing their money with them and they get a bigger bang for their buck out there. So the pandemic has helped Loudoun County. It's also helped Prince William County. Let's look at that. Prince William is 21% since 2019 and it's 35% from 2015. So if they bought a house in 2015, it is worth 35% on average, 35% more today than it was back then. Okay, so this appreciation method of arriving at a value is just one of the tools we use. I mean, we compare it to um, homes of equal size and equal age, if we have enough comps, homes in the right price range when a certain area, uh, proper neighborhood, we use this appreciation chart to say your neighbor sold two years ago, your neighbor sold two years ago for $1 million, okay? today considering the appreciation rate was 18 percent that house would be worth this and the assessment would be worth this that way i can compare your house or a house we can compare a house to homes that have sold in their neighborhood over the last three four five years six years farther out you go less accurate it is pretty accurate though within you know three four five six years okay so So let's just assume our first step is when we're negotiating, which is what we're doing. We had that big speech last week about the negotiation. This is about establishing value. This is one way of doing it. Knowing what the market is doing, what percentage is under contract and not under contract. Okay. So so we're trying to establish value before we do everything. So let me show you something. We're going to talk today about pricing strategy for sellers and buyers. Just spoke a little bit about it, but let's look at, you know, it's funny. Somebody goes, well, here's my opinion of this. I'm like, okay, how much of that have you done? In other words, what's your success rate on that? Have you are you doing two deals a year? Or are you doing 20 and 30 deals a year? So I need to validate your opinion, okay? Now a seller is gonna hear opinions from everybody. And it's gonna be confusing because someone interviewed three, four, five, six agents. It does get confusing. People will have their opinion. Recently, I went into a listing and a seller said, no, the other agent said the exact opposite of you, Um, exact opposite. And he goes, I don't know who to believe. And it's like, well, if we do $50 million in Vienna and they do like $1 million in Vienna and haven't sold a house over a million dollars and your house is worth 1.5 in Vienna, I can't validate what they're saying is fact because they have no no track record that it works. So if we come in and say, "Well, our average house sells at 108 percent of what we put on the market for," and the rest of the market in in Vienna, let's take the rest of the market is at 101. Well, then we're selling houses 7 percent over everybody else. If you look at the assessed value, right? So our houses sell at 126% of assessed value. The other houses sell at 19, 118% of assessed value. Again, that's 7% higher than the others. So when we talk about pricing strategies, which is what we're gonna talk about today, you have to validate, does this guy know what the hell he's talking about, right? So yeah, so if you do a hundred million dollars, and 50 of it's in VN, and 50 of it is around the rest of the region most of it's over a million dollars when that person says this is the way this is the protocol that makes that happen then you have to you can validate that okay so i'm gonna stop sharing the screen and i'm gonna get back to the conversation that we're gonna have and i've got 15 minutes so let's talk about pricing strategy first for the sellers first for the sellers now i'm not gonna go for uh, preparing the house today. We've already talked about that at length, at nausea. I'm going to talk about first thing we need to do is arrive at the value of the house. Okay. What do homes of the same age and size sell for? What is their price per square foot and assessment? Percentage of assessment. I'm going to tell you it's normally about 108. Today it's about 120, 119. Okay. So That is one indicator. You're assessed for a million dollars. Your house should be worth 120% of that number. Your price per square foot. If everybody else is selling at $282 a square foot, let's say that your house should sell at $282 a square foot. So if we look at the percentage of assessment and square footage, that should give us a pretty solid number, right? Or at least a range. So we take that range. Let's say it looks like we're somewhere in the 1.15 range. Let's find every house within one mile, between 1 million and 1.3 million. Let's compare ourselves to them. Let's see what their price per square foot is. Let's see what their age is. Let's see what their size is. Let's see what their percentage of assessment is. That's going to give us a new patch of numbers. Now we're starting to close in on our number, right? Now we're closing in. All right. So now we're coming out, we're in the high 1.1s. We're not 1.25, but we're probably in the high 1.1s, 1.175. We're starting to close in on that number, okay? Now we have to look at the house, okay? Well, let me, let me go back. There's other models. The other model we can use is take anyone in a neighborhood. Let's say we're in Lakevale. I can go back five years in Lakevale and bring all those things up to 2021, uh, 2021 pricing values by using the appreciation model. So I can do that. So I look at Lakevale, and now everybody's coming in at the same number. Somewhere around 831,000 is one that we just did. The one thing I don't look at when I'm trying to value properties in the pricing strategy is I don't look at Zillow, Redfin, and all that. I only document their numbers. I'm not looking for them to tell me what it's worth. I document their numbers only to show sellers it's so off you can't believe it. One is at 700. The other's at 9.05. So they're off by $200,000 from each other, right? So the only reason I show that to the sellers is to show them the range of how ludicrous it is that these algorithms are all wrong, right? They're all over the place. So, So we look at age and size model. We look at price range model. We look at neighborhood model. And then if you purchased your house in the last six or seven years, we can use the appreciation model. Go right in. I can determine what the appreciation rate is in your neighborhood on your size house over the last 10 years. And we can apply that to your home. So now I've got five different estimates of value. I'm locked in at 1.175. Now what do we do? Well, is the house in customary condition updated condition or or um or renovated condition or is it dated is it as is so there's five different prices for a house so we go into the house and determine no new kitchen no new uh, master bedroom bathroom we are at customary or a little bit below customary so our starting number is 115 right you want to dip under that number that's what we're looking for when we select the number is we're looking for buyer pools, okay? Everybody searches on the computer. Give me everything under a million, anything under a million fifty, anything under a million one, anything under 1.15, anything under 1. 1.2. So they're searching under a certain number. So let's say I'm thinking, hey, you know, probably somewhere around 1165. Okay, we're at 115. Why? Because if we go over 115, we lose three quarters of our market. Right, three quarters of the buyer pool are gone. So we wanna dip under the 1.5. We wanna let them bid the house up to what it's worth. Now our average bid in June, our average house sold at 137%, I mean, $137,000 over list price, right? So the pricing strategy, get it under a major threshold about where you are. First validate what your number actually is. Forget about Zillow. What is it really worth? Dip it below, okay? Now, we've already done our homework in the beginning. We've taken a look at your house. We've seen what upgrades we can do. We've seen what cosmetic items will improve your house. $7 for every $1 you invest. We've already done all that stuff, okay? I've I've got podcasts on that. Now we're at that number. We're at 1165. We wanna go under to 1.15. We wanna let her rip. Now now we need to do a predictive analysis. We need to do a predictive analysis. Am I right? Do we have buyers out there? Not me. Are we right, right? So I'm working with the sellers. I'm working with my, my agents. My agents do so many deals. They've already been in this house before. They know this house. They know houses just like it. They've just sold houses just like it within the last 30 days. So, you know, I really look for their input as well as, as well as, as the sellers. So we all arrive at a number, 1.15. We go coming soon. Now, it's very important, and I've talked about predictive analysis before. We're not sure where the market is. I am right now, very sure. We put on coming soon. We market the living the heck out of it. We use social media, geofencing, Google ads, MLS, market it to the agents, do all this stuff, send out brochures to the neighbors, send out cards to the renters. We do all this massive marketing. Then we wait, and we look. How many people favor this house? How many people are calling my agent how many people are wanting to get into the house prior to them listing the house what is the what do you call it what's the rumbling you know what is the rumbling i mean are we hearing rumbling or are we hearing crickets do we have eight people that favor this house or do we have one so then i can report back to tuesday before we launch and i could say okay we are at the right number we're going to have six contracts we should expect 100,000 over list price, we just sold Oak Street, and we we put it on for one point one million million, and I told the seller exactly where it was coming in at, and we were off by $3,000. They bid $3,000 over what I said it was going to be worth. So it's extremely predictable if you use this marketing strategy. Now, on the reverse side, the wrong way to do it is to price it too high. And say, well, we'll price high and let them work down. Wrong. And let me tell you why that's wrong. If somebody's looking at a $1.5 million house, you know what they want to buy? A $1.5 million house. And somebody says, well, why don't they offer me $1.35? They're not looking for a $1.35. They don't want a $1.35. They want a $1.5 million house. How many people do you know that actually spend less than they go out looking for? Right? Nine out of 10 buyers are going out looking for $1.5. Guess what they spend? 1.65. They'll figure it out right you see what you want you buy what you see right so so people are saying well let's list it high you never know one person may may take it wrong that person that values the house that much is looking at 1.3s can't find anything they like and will bid 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 because that's what they really want you've had a hundred people come in instead of four people come in the job to generate traffic with a pricing strategy. Generate traffic. Get them into a frenzy. Why do we why do our numbers come in so high? Because we do not allow escalation clauses. We allow highest and best offers. That's the way they come in at. So the pricing strategy is to get it right under that threshold and then let it rip. Okay. Now I'm in eleven I got eight minutes left. Let's switch over to buyers. Okay so what's good for the goose isn't good for the gander i don't know how that goes but what's good for the seller right it's not good for the buyer what's good for what's bad for the seller is good for the buyer so let's just let's just sit back for a second and let's take a a seller who has overpriced his house it's sitting and sitting everybody else is selling it's sitting still sitting not going anywhere right so as a buyer i'm looking for houses that have been sitting on the market for a while right that were overpriced. Either the agent didn't know or didn't care and they listed the house too high, right? Or they figured they were gonna lose the listing if they didn't list it that high. Or it's a friend, they listed it for a friend and they're gonna, oh, I'll just put it up. Let me tell you what those are like for a listing agent. So imagine you're flying a ice plane and we're all in the plane. I got my sellers in the plane. It's a very smooth riding plane and we're gonna get to our destination wherever we wanna go and we're gonna settle and we're gonna make a lot of money and we're gonna walk. A bad seller is like a bird flying into the engine of that plane, right? They get caught up and you hear whoa, 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 and before you know it, you got rumbling and rumbling and they might take the plane down, right? So my job as a listing agent is to make sure I keep the birds out of the engine. And what does that mean? Bad sellers, you get a bad seller, get rid of them, withdraw the listing. Don't take the seller, don't work with the seller, keep on. Are you gonna lose some money? Yep, doesn't matter. I'm trying to protect birds from getting in the engine because the birds in the engine are what chunks everything up, right? So let's look at the buyers. So we're going in, that first day everybody's bidding it up, right? After 30 days, everybody's looking around going, what's wrong? What's the matter? Okay, you overpriced it. You did it wrong. You did it wrong. As a buyer, we're going to do it right. We're going after you. So now we're going to come in, we're going to establish the value, agent size, uh, model for pricing, um, price range, model for neighborhood, appreciation model. We come with all these models and we come in with a summary and say, we're going to not offer you 1.399, we're going to offer you 1.2. And you know what? That's what the model says. That's what the model tells us to do. So I'm not trying to rip you off I'm trying to pay what the house is worth. Now, when you prove it, somebody in that house, either the agent, the wife, the husband, or the partner, today's world, partner, is saying, I think it's only worth 1.2. The other partner is saying, I think it's worth 1.4, right? So the house is listed for 1.4. The agent comes in, we prove it's worth 1.2. One of the people in that threesome is going to say, I told us so. I told you so. That's what it's worth. And they're going to win. Now you're coming in. Now you can get your home inspection, your appraisal contingency. You can get your price and get your terms. You're not bidding the house up all over the place. Right? Take advantage of other people's mistakes. Now, if you're a buyer, right? Let's, Let's not look like this. You got to look like this. You got to open up your rise, open up your range. I know this is perfect, but with limited supply of houses on the market, you got to open it up a little bit. What else would be good? Think about what else would be good, okay? Let's find somebody who's had their house on the market. Hey, if something comes on and you want to fight for it, fine. Let's talk about that pricing strategy. When you go with an agent that's not a huge listing agent, a listing agent's gonna look at that and put them in a category of, okay, I'm looking at just the contract. I'm just looking at the contract, right? But if you're working with a major listing agent, somebody that has a big name or you know does a lot of listings in that area, okay. Now, when you bring that contract in, that listing agent knows who the selling agent is. And trust me, that listing agent wants to work with the selling agent that is also a big listing agent. Why? Because they're going to have buyers coming after their listing someday. And they're going to say, fine, I'm going to get you in this house. But when I have a buyer coming to one of your listings, and if you do 50 or $60 million a year in the area, they're going to want to get your buyer in there. So when you're a buyer, first of all, work with a large listing agent in that area that you're talking about. Right. Um. Regional, if you have, somebody does $100 million is great, but maybe they do 10 million just in that little neighborhood, that area. But I'm talking about not just buying, listing. The listing is the leverage. We are listing agents. Therefore, you want to take our contract because we're going to help you when you come to us. So the strategy for the buyers is go out and open, open your range up, find a home that's been sitting for a little while that was overpriced, we know that, If you like it and it meets all your standards, then price it correctly, present the price, the accurate price to the seller and their group, wife, husband, partners, realtors, somebody's gonna say, I told you that that was the value of this house. The value comes down, you buy the house, get your home inspection, get your appraisal contingency and you're good to go. And that's the strategy I would use as a buyer find an agent that's big listing here in the area you want to buy, that you probably, they have a listing coming up, something you're, you're looking at. Now, they can't give you that on the side. They have to open it up to the rest of the market. They have to get bids, but they can help you establish what would be a winning contract to, to get the house that you want. So, you know, working with big listing agents, making sure you price houses when you come in and make your offer, looking for homes that are not, bid up houses but other houses where you can take advantage of their mistakes that is a great strategy for those buyers there are also homes one on the market have been withdrawn once they've been withdrawn right they still want to sell a the house just didn't sell what they thought we could still approach those sellers we could still go out to them and say hey we have clients that may be interested in that house you can go back a year on your withdrawn contracts Um, and see who's withdrawn in in the area that we're looking at. So so the pricing strategy for the buyers, open it up, prove your value, find somebody that made a mistake, take advantage of the mistake. The other thing with the buyers is this, we'll walk into a house and we'll say, if you, as is $1.1 million, if you put in $10,000 into paint, hardware, plumbing fixers, lighting fixtures, whatever, The house is gonna be worth about $1.2 million. Some sellers, I'm not doing that stuff. Fine, that's the house you want. They have cosmetic problems with the house. 90% of the buyers wanna find the cosmetic problems, but understand this, if they're not gonna invest 10 grand and make 100, you invest 10,000 to make 100. Find that house that needs the $10,000 worth of work. You do it yourself. That way you get your paint color, your plumbing fixtures, your lighting fixtures, your carpeting or whatever it is. Find a home that needs work, do the work. Because today's market, there aren't a lot of people that do that um, because they want a turnkey. But understand this, if you're dealing with a big listing agent, we have contractors that you could bring in, paint it. So we got the formula. The formula is, hey, they settle on the first of this house. Our contractors are in there on the second. They walk out of there on the 10th and you've got your brand new house. Or in the condition it would be, had the seller put it in that condition prior to sale, they would have got 1.2 million. But instead, you got it for 1.1 million, put in 10, now you got built-in equity. So, you know, there's a lot of strategies to think about when you're when you're a buyer. and And again, you need to know Am I in control of the market or not control of the market? I need to know what the market's doing at the time. Okay. So I hope that's helped. Hope that's helped sellers and buyers. It's a good strategy for sellers. You know, again, we've proven we make an additional 7% value. So on a $1.4 million house, whatever that is, it's a lot of money. It's um, probably $100,000 more than the average would get, whether it's fixing the house up, correct pricing strategy, or negotiating. Uh, tactics of highest and best offers it's hundred thousand dollars more than the than the other agents are getting so so let's consider that sellers there's your strategy buyers there's your strategy good luck you can give us a call 703-508-2535 or my email address is casey c-a-s-e-y at caseysampson.com you can give me a call i have six buyer agents all of them are awesome so if you need help in any area, whether it's Percyville or Arlington or anywhere in between, we got some agents that can help you. They've all been with me for years and years and years. They all have the prices locked, you know, the strategies locked down and they can help. So I'll see you again next Thursday at 11 o'clock on Coffee with Casey. Again, you can reach me, Casey Sampson at 703-508-2535 or Casey, c a s e y at caseysampson.com thanks for all of these podcasts go to caseysampson.com slash podcast and you can find the the, uh, topics that may interest you thanks guys we'll see you next week